Oh, boy, there's a lot we got to get into today on the Jeff Merrick Show. Thanks so much for joining me. Elliot Friedman stops by here in a couple of moments. Going to get into the Quinn Hughes comments about the Vancouver Canucks. Going to get into that that near comeback by the Vancouver Canucks. Curtis Lazar right there. Andre Vasilevsky, great save under a second to go in that game. Um, but yet another grenade has been rolled into the room, uh, into the organization, this time by their franchise defenseman, Quinn Hughes. But I want to park a lot of time, and Allison Lucan is going to join me at the bottom of the hour. Talking about the Seattle Kraken. I'm going to focus a lot on the West Coast here today on the program. The Seattle Kraken have won seven games in a row. And they beat the Boston Bruins last night in Boston, shut them out in the process, 3 nothing. The Seattle Kraken right now are going through an awful schedule. We talked about this the other day on the program. You're Seattle, you look at January and you go, first week, four games. Ugh. Second week, four games. Third week, four games. Fourth week, a ah, little bit of a reprieve, only three. This was supposed to be the month that killed Seattle. The road trip, right? The 12 games in three weeks. This is supposed to be the month that destroyed the Seattle Kraken. Instead, they've won seven games in a row, six of them on the road, and they slayed the biggest dragon in the NHL, and that is the Boston Bruins at home. Remarkable. So our buddy Jonathan Davis, West Coast Hockey, submits this tweet about 20 minutes ago. Seattle Kraken have won seven straight. 13 different players have scored goals. 17 different players with at least one point. We've talked a lot about how balanced this attack is. There's no star on the team. Matty Beneers is going to be one one day, but he ain't there yet. The 3-0 win over the Boston Bruins was the first game during the streak. They did not score at least four goals. Wow. They've given up two or less in five of the seven with two shutouts. Of course, the most recent being Martin Jones yesterday in blanking completely blanking the Boston Bruins 3-0. Now, in that seven-game stretch, that seven-game win streak, I mean, the scoring is really balanced. The points are really balanced as well. But one player stands above everybody. One player stands out with the most points. Doesn't have the most goals. That's Matt Beniers with five in the seven-game win streak. Who do you think it is? Yanni Gord, no. Sprong, no. Schwartz, no. McCann, nope. Try again. Jordan Eberle, wrong again. Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn, who for the longest time toiled as a bottom-pairing defenseman with the St. Louis Blues. Vince Dunn, followers of the OHL, will remember his freewheel and freestyle and high points days uh, with the Niagara Ice Dogs. Vince Dunn. Nine points, two goals, and seven assists. There's so many great headlines coming out of Seattle right now. And this seven-game, now seven-game win streak after beating the Boston Bruins last night is one of the best stories in the NHL, period. Now, the flip side of that coin is up the street from Seattle, and that's Vancouver. First of all, kudos for the attempted comeback. They're down to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they almost come back to tie this thing. A couple of late third-period goals by Vancouver. Curtis Lazar almost buries one, but Andre Vasilevsky turns into Andre Vasilevsky. And makes a really great post-to-post save to secure the win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the controversy surrounds Tanner Pearson. Now, Tanner Pearson, um, as the uh, uh, the Vancouver Canucks put out 
yesterday morning. He's got a broken hand. Okay, it was supposed to be six weeks. Instead, he's been shut down for the entire season. Originally, it was mentioned it was two surgeries. Turns out that it's three. And after the game yesterday, Quinn Hughes, who I believe is real tight with Tanner Pearson, like I think they you know, sat together for the longest time as well. Like they're buds. So Quinn Hughes is asked after the game about Tanner Pearson. And he says this, I feel bad for him. I mean, it wasn't handled properly. And, you know, it's not really a good situation he's got there, and hopefully he's going to be all right. Rewind. It wasn't handled properly. Now, this is a brand-new medical staff for the Vancouver Canucks, but it's not the first time we've heard about injuries with Vancouver. Um, we think back to Jason Dickinson, who, you know, when he got to Chicago, you know, revealed last year he was playing with a, 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 a broken hand that wasn't diagnosed. That was the old medical crew. This is a new medical crew. Um, I think most of us have all read the human rights complaint by Rachel Dory as well about uh, various medical issues as well. This is not good. And all of this, by the way, as the rumors about Rick Tockett continue to swirl. I'll tell you what, the one player that I admire through all of this, and I don't know how he's kept it all together with the constant noise and the controversies and every day is a different drama. Every day is a, you know, various level, you know, five alarm, 10 bell fire, however you want to describe it. Bo Horvat, how he's been able to keep it together without a contract next year, facing most likely a trade somewhere else trying to keep this thing on the tracks and in the process have a career season to me is one of the remarkable stories in an otherwise really dark season for the Vancouver Canucks. He's been one of the best stories in the NHL period. Lots on Vancouver, lots on Seattle tour around the NHL. Hey, by the way, who else felt old when they saw the, the, uh, the triple O five yesterday? <laughs> Did it seem like it seems like a million years ago we were seeing that. Then there was a controversy about it and they had to stop doing Ah, great to see P.K. Subban and Carey Price yesterday with the triple low five. A wonderful moment for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans as a way to say thank you uh, to P.K. Subban once again. Let's get the show started here, shall we? This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Elliot Friedman of 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Did it not seem like a million years ago the biggest controversy was the low five, the triple low five from P.K. Subban and Carey Price? And how old did you feel watching them do that yesterday in uh, in, in their civvies? I have to say that you, you make a good point. It does seem like it was forever ago, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah, it was. Uh, I like I like Subban's jacket. That was what really stood to me. The whole ceremony was. That's a great jacket. I'm a big jacket guy. I like that jacket. No, I know, I know. And uh, Subban, you know, never disappoints when it comes to fashion. I don't think anyone would have been surprised that uh, that that was what he chose. But uh, honestly, like we all have these moments in our lives where it's like, oof, did we just see a generation of hockey players yeah, just like point. blaze right before our eyes? And when I saw Carey Price and, and P.K. Subban there, I'm like, well, there goes another generation of hockey player. And wow, how old am I? And boy, I better have an afternoon nap. And where's my cane? Um, you know, the, but before the other we get thing into I was thinking a couple too, of different Jeff, things. Is like, the other thing I was thinking too, Jeff, is just like, when you look back at it, what a dumb controversy that was. Oh, my God. 
hundred percent. Like, like that's what, well, that's you know what, what I was thinking watching that last night is, like, honestly, that was a big controversy at the time, and I'm thinking, how dumb is it that that's a controversy? Like, is that what we were really taking up so much of our yeah. airtime with? Yes, it was, and we look back, and it was ridiculous. Much like we look at um, the Michigan and the controversy that was the Michigan, and we look back at that now and say, well, how lame were we that that was uh, a controversy in the league, and the triple O five was a controversy. Like you look back, yep. like what? What are we thinking? What, what were we? Yeah. Like, what's going through our mind that that's something that that needed to be stopped? Like two guys having a private celebration after a win, and the fans love it, and somehow we need to erase that from the NHL. I, I'm with you, Freeze. Like how how lame was 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 that as a controversy? Uh, pretty lame, especially in retrospect. Like watching him do it that night, <laughs> and the great. crowd recognized it right away. Like you listen to the. Uh, you listen to the loud, the rise and the ovation or the, the cheer when they did it. I was like, wow, we yeah. we wasted a lot of bandwidth talking about this stuff. <laughs> we wasted a lot of network airtime talking about Sue Bannon Price of the Triple Low Five uh, and the controversy that ensued. Uh, I, I want to get to Vancouver here in a second, but before we get there... You know, one of the biggest beasts uh, in this NHL season is uh, and has been until last night, anyhow, the Boston Bruins at home. They do not lose in regulation at home. That is the land where nobody goes until the Seattle Kraken rolled in. And I just mentioned before he came on, our buddy Jonathan Davis, you know, tweeted this one out about, you know, 13 different players have scored goals in this seven-game winning streak, six of them on the road, 17 different players with a point. Um, this was the first game during the streak. They didn't score at least four goals. They've given up two or less, five of the seven, two shutouts in the process. And you know who has the most points during the seven-game win streak? Vince Dunn. Yeah. And we talked about, you and I talked about Dunn, was it yesterday or a couple of days ago? I can't even remember now. Through all yeah. of it, he's kind of the unsung guy because we focus so much on Mappineers and the forwards and the goalies with the wins. And very quietly, Vince Dunn is having a career season for the Seattle Kraken. Um, what jumped out at you about last night? Anything specific? Well, I, I think, you know, there's a couple of things. I mean, I, I hated to see the McMahon goal get wiped out. Uh, I, I really did. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, I like, I, you know, we, our pod just dropped and we talk about it there. I understand the call. I do. I, in terms of like the ladder of the law, but he's not even trying to score with that first kick. <laughs> he's trying to make a skilled play, kick the puck from escape to a stick that if it happened almost anywhere else on the ice, um, they, you know, it's 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 not even even a thing. It's just like everybody does this. So I think that was the toughest thing to, about it because it was such a it, it unfortunately it took away such a great moment. Uh, Joe, Joey Kenward sent me a note uh, before the show today that uh, when the W the WHL a few years ago changed their rule book to try to protect against this kind of play where basically yeah. if you kicked it outside, I don't have it right in front of me. But basically, if you kick it outside the crease, then it still can work, um, which I kind of like better. Because I look at that goal last night, or non-goal, and, and I think that should have mm-hmm. counted. Um, but, you know, I, I get the black letter law. You know, I mean, obviously, the other thing is Vancouver. I heard you talking about it at the top of the show. 
Um, you know, the, you know, the fact is like, I think sometimes this is why I think it's important. I talk about this uh, like a lot. Um, if you're a person who's angry and outraged all the time, I think eventually people just tune you out. They're like, ah, uh, uh, th- oh, what are they yeah. upset about now? What, you know, what, what's bothering them today? Oh no, this person again, like just be quiet. I think yeah. the fact that it was Quinn Hughes, who's, you know, definitely not like that was the person who brought up Tanner Pearson last night. Um, I think added a lot of extra weight to it. Um, and, you know, I, I think uh, we're all really curious to see, you know, exactly where this is going to go, this particular situation. Um, you know, by the Canucks' own tweets yesterday, he's had at least three procedures, and I'm under the impression there's more coming. Um, and uh, it sounds like a, you know, the, the thing about this is, you know, you and I did a lot of work on Eichel, and it was it yep. was a big medical situation, and I think it's, it's going to be a big discussion point between uh, the league and the Players Association whenever we do our next CBA. So, like, the, the number yep. one thing I think about when I see that is, is this going to be another situation where the league and the Players Association are going to have to get involved to potentially sort this out? And because uh, that's that just based on my internal lean and what I've seen, it sounds like we're headed in that mm. direction. You know, one of the things um, one of the things that we talked about on, as you mentioned, the podcast that just came out is the, the need for the need to, 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 to stop all the noise stop all the negativity, start to fix problems that have arisen all season long. You know, mm-hmm. if we can go into that a, a little bit more here, because I'm, I'm curious sure. from your point of view, when you're looking at, you know, the, uh, the fires that have started, some are controlled, some are completely out of control. And yeah. listen, I know I'm part of hockey media too. We, we, we pour gasoline on all of this stuff. I get it. Yeah. But if you had to create, if you had to create a, a hierarchy of problems that need to get solved in Vancouver, whether it's the coaching, whether it's, you know, the, uh, the JT Miller, you know, straight leg back check visuals, whether it's the, you know, players uh, commenting um, about the medical staff, whether, you know, the Bo, Bo Horvat situation. I mean, on, on a normal day, Elliot, you know what the, the conversation in Vancouver would be? The scratching of Oliver ekman Larson, which is a yeah. huge deal, and that can't get any oxygen at all because there's yeah. so much drama around this team right now. If you were going to make a list, you know, like, like let's, let's do Vancouver Canucks triage, okay? So the Vancouver Canucks come into Hospital Elliot Friedman, and, okay, so we're doing triage. What is the one thing that's ailing the patient the most? What do they need to fix? No, I, I don't even think I like. I think some of this stuff will take care of itself. Like I think all of the attention on, on the coach, which is not entirely his fault, I think that's going to sort itself out. Um, I like. I, I think. I I just think that what you need to do is you have to make life. You have to try to make life around that team as boring as possible. And I don't know if that's – I think it's a, it's a really hard thing to do. But I, I think what I would do is if I was the Canucks and I knew that anything else possibly was coming or anything else was kind of out there that was going to be controversial, I'd almost like, okay, 
we're throwing this all out there now and then we're starting all over again. Um, like, that's the thing. Like, it just seems like every day it's a tornado. And, like, the trade stuff, that'll happen eventually. And it, they'll make a coaching change eventually. Like, all of this stuff is going to come. I just think that on a day-to-day basis, you need to uh, almost say, you know, we, we've got to do whatever we can not to stoke the fires. And it just seems like every day there's, like, a, a new volcano. And I, and I think, like, mm-hmm. I think we all have phases in our life, Jeff, where things are spiraling out of control, and you just stop and you say, I'm, I'm not doing anything to throw gasoline on the fire today. And I think that's kind of what the Canucks mm-hmm. have to do is just say, what can we do not to throw any more gasoline on this fire? Like, I, I, think, I think the way you asked the question is really good. I just don't know if I have a great answer for it because they're going to be in the news cycle. They're, you know, when it comes to player decisions, when it comes to coach decisions, like now this Tanner Pearson thing, yeah. they're, they're going to be in the cycle. I just think whatever you, you have to do is, um, you know, I mean, they played, I mean, they battled really hard last night. They had every excuse to give up that game and they almost tied it at the yeah. buzzer. Like, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty impressive. And, uh, but it, again, it's like, you know, and, and I'll tell you the thing, like the, the one thing, like the one thing too is, and, and, and it's, I had a call actually this morning and I was talking to somebody about this Pearson thing. And, and one of the things they said to me was, you know, the Eichel situation, um, I, I don't, he said, I don't think the players really realized what they gave away in the last uh, CBA negotiation with the league, with the bubble, uh, about, you know, mm-hmm. the teams had the last say. And the Eichel injury brought that back into the forefront. But he said if there's, if there's one way to get your players really concerned, it's, it's when, you know, they feel that there's an issue there because everybody's going to get hurt. That's the risk. Like, nobody's healthy at this point in the season, Jeff. So if you've got a problem there, that puts you, I mean, that'll bother your players because, you know, they'll, they'll look at what's going on here and they'll say, you know what, could that happen to me? Could I be affected? I'm putting my body on the line for the team and I have to trust that the proper decisions are going to be made. And again, we don't have the full facts here yet, but it sounds like we're just starting a process where, you know, there's going to be, I don't know if there's going to be grievances. I don't know where this is all going to go, uh, but I, it sounds like we're beginning a process here. You know, I, I wondered too, you know, after those comments last night from, from Quinn Hughes, considering how like, those are bombs, like it's a very, you know, but as you mentioned, like Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes is a pretty soft-spoken guy, but those were bombs coming out of his mouth yesterday. I, I kind of half expect there to be either an Alvin or Rutherford press conference to address it or some type of statement from the Vancouver Canucks. Like, here's your franchise defenseman saying, yeah, you bungled this one. That's huge. Like, is it, is it not, do you think, up to, you know, the president of Hockey Ops or the, or the general manager to, to come out and say something? Like, he's saying this thing last night. I'm reading these, uh, these comments, and I'm like, well... I guess Vancouver's getting a press conference today. It, it is, it is. And I, I think the one thing is that one of the problems with this case is, and again, people are being really careful. Um, number one, it's a medical situation. So, 
like the player has to be okay with it. And so I, I don't know how Pearson feels about his information going public. So I think that's part of the problem right. here. Secondly, it sounds like, Jeff, there's still more uh, uh, surgeries to come. So we might still be kind of in the middle of the process as opposed to the end of it. And secondly, um, I just think that when there's the possibility of it being uh, of the league and the players association getting involved, I, I bet you people might be told they shouldn't be talking at all. So I understand why you're saying it. I just don't like it. I just don't know that it's the case. Okay, the other night we talked about how important that Edmonton win over the Anaheim Ducks was. And it was a profound mm-hmm. statement from the opening puck drop. The Oilers had their way with Anaheim. Uh, I don't know it, that it's to that scale, but how big is that Calgary win over the St. Louis Blues last night? Dylan Dubé with a pair of goals in this one. Well, I, I think it was massive, and I think it was massive for Dubé too. Um, he, you know, he's been at a snake bit season. has not been easy, easy for him. So I think it was, excuse me, Jeff, I think it was quite huge for them and for Dubé. Um, they need, like, you know, I know I said today on the pod, I'm not worried about Colorado, and I'm not. I, I still think they're going to sort it out. But, you know, Nashville crawled to the brink, and they just suffered two big regulation losses. Like, they didn't get a point in Toronto. Yeah. They didn't get a point in Montreal. You know, I, if you're the Flames and the Oilers, like the Oilers are playing San Jose tonight, they have to win that one. Like, there's no, there, there's no time to give away points anymore. There is no time. And, you know, the Flames, you know, suddenly St. Louis, the two-game trip looks a lot better because they got three points out of four. But, you know, deep down you're sitting there and you're saying, well, we should have had all four of them. But, you know, the, at least you're leaving there. And you're, and you're saying, do they scored? We needed him to score in the worst way. We finally got it. We got this win. And Dallas is going to be in an ordinary mood for them this afternoon. Like, could you imagine if you get only one point in St. Louis, how you're feeling going into Dallas? Yeah. Now you're feeling a lot better. I, yeah. I, still, I still, Jeff, this whole thing with, uh, uh, like, it's, you know, it's, it's like the old Bill Parcells thing. If you expect me to pick to cook the meal, you... uh, I just lost him. We we're about to get a great cliche um, from Bill Parcells uh, from Elliot Friedman. There, we'll, we'll get Fridge back here um, in a couple of seconds and revisit the uh, the Calgary Flames St. Louis Blues. One of the shockers from last night, and a lot of it was because of Peter Morazic, who was outstanding. I don't know if you caught the Blackhawks in the Avalanche. 3-2, they shade Colorado. And as Elliot mentions, and I'm kind of the same way, I still, I mean, I have a hard time thinking that Colorado is not going to make the playoffs. But when you start to see results, and I know they're injured, and I know that the, the, the big dogs are logging some huge minutes, and that may show up later on in the season. I get all that. But... Games against the Chicago Blackhawks on a th- on a Thursday night, those are the ones too that you know. Again, Mrazek was outstanding, but still, those are the ones that you have to have. Those are the ones that you have to win. We got Elliot back. Sorry, Elliot, you're about to drop some Bill Parcells knowledge on us. Oh yeah, well the Bill, what's the Bill Parcells line? If you're gonna if you're gonna ask me to cook the meal, you better let me pick some of the groceries. Like I under- I understand yeah. how Sutter feels like that, but. I, I still look at it, Jeff, and I'm like, I, 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 
they got to find ways for these kids to play. Like, they just do. Yeah. I just don't know that that happens with this coach. That's 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 not the way this guy operates, right? He loves mm-hmm. his vets. He loves yeah. his players that have an a, an old school tint about them as well. I don't know. I, I I'm with you, but you know, part of that is just like I want to see some new faces in there, and I I wanted to see, you know, uh, I wanted to see what Matthew Phillips could do previously. I want to see what Jacob Pelche can do now for the Calgary Flames. Um, but after let me Austin, let me ask you another question. The avalanche and, if you're if you're the Flames. So, who are you starting in goal tomorrow yeah. against uh, against Dallas? Well, look, we know who the better goaltender has been, but we know who the number one is, and that and that's the dilemma. I think if you're at you know if if you're in in must win territory, then you go Vladar. But you know eventually Jacob Markstrom will be and has to be your number one guy. So I would I would be tempted to go. I mean, okay. Let me ask you this one. Okay, how about this? If Calgary would have lost the question, that you game chicken. last night, hang on. No, because it's got to come with caveats. Because they they won the game, so my default would be go to Markstrom. And yeah. You keep the you keep the rotation. If they would have lost that game, right now you have a better chance with Vladar than you do Markstrom. So you go Vladar. I think the win last night buys them uh, buys them some room to make a decision with Markstrom here and, and to roll the dice and put him in there. What do you think? Well, the only reason that I, the only reason I was going to say you go back, uh, you, you don't go back to back is that you start early, right? It's a two o'clock game. You just played in, you, you just played in St. Louis and, it, mm-hmm. and now you got to play Dallas at, at two in the afternoon and that's a that's a goaltending coach question. Like, do you have any reason to think that Vladar can't play Thursday night and Saturday afternoon? But if you did think he could, I would I would go with Vladar. Uh, a couple things before before we wrap up here. Finally, the Arizona Coyotes have got the memo and are losing consistently again last night against the Ottawa Senators, five to three. And you know, I. I, I wonder, I think we all do as well, um, outside of Jacob Chikrin, who's the obvious one, and maybe Shane Gostas Bear as well, how many players from the Coyotes end up moving at deadline? Like, I think that, I think that they might even look at moving uh, Karel Vamelka, the outstanding mm-hmm. netminder, and we all know what a feeding frenzy that would be if that netminder is, 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 is on the market. I mean, how how deep do you think the trades go on this team, Frege? Oh, I, I think it just depends on what. Like, like I, I just think it depends. Like, the one thing that we're learning about Bill Armstrong is he's not afraid to be patient and say no, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, to me, the question is, like, I think Gostas Bear is an obvious one, and I got to think that <laughs> someone's going to take him. I think we're all fascinated on Chikrin. Like, I wonder if a guy like Boyd it would be a, a, a good depth player on a lot of teams. Teams are always looking for depth forwards. But the one thing I wonder is, yeah. like, would they ever do like a Fisher? He's been a really important player for them this year. Like, that's the one thing I wonder. I think there's the obvious ones. Would they do a Fisher 
would they do of Amelka? Those are the ones to me that the, are stand out as the real interesting questions. To, to, to me, Vimelka is, is a really. I mean, first of all, he's got two more years at two seven five until he becomes it's a great contract. Agent. I think it's a super contract considering how good he is. The the thing about Christian Fisher though is he's a restricted free agent, but he has arb rights. Like how how much do you think that would 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 that scare a team away? Um, I think if you think he can help you win this year, you're not scared because. You, you worry about this year, and then you sort it out, right? Um, I, I think if you're – and the other thing, too, is all these teams, they, they're they so good at arbitration now, Jeff, they basically know what the numbers are. So if you're, you're either getting them with a desire to make a long-term deal or you know what you're going to have yeah. to deal with in arbitration, and if it's going to be too high, you walk away from it or you move them again. But I, I think that, you know, I've been really impressed with the way that guy's carried himself this year, and I think he's played pretty well. You know, one thing that doesn't get much concert outside of Arizona, obviously, is Barrett Hayton's played a lot better recently. Yes, he has. You know, the, the, you know we, we've, we've kind of forgotten about Barrett Hayton a lot of, you know, the, the forgotten first-round pick, the, the, the forgotten world junior star. Once upon yep. a time, Tournier loves him, made him captain of the of the junior team, uh, and mm-hmm. we've been waiting for him to to start to pop here. I mean, I know it's still a, a short runway, but Barrett Hayton's played a lot better than we've seen Barrett Hayton. Now there have been injuries in the past; that's a mitigating factor. But Barrett Hayton's played real well recently for the Arizona Coyotes. Tough to find centers. Tough to find centers. It is man. tough to find centers. Uh, it is. Okay, so listen, this um, this uh, Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, a number of 7 o'clock starts. Uh, Maple Leafs and Bruins uh, is one of the big ones. The Habs, the Islanders, the Sens, the Avs, the Canucks, Panthers, at late game, the Oilers, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas coming off that big win against the Florida Panthers last night. Um, are we expecting Austin Matthews in that Leafs-Bruins game? Wrap I, think it de- I, I think it depends, Jeff, on... Well, now they basically said he woke up from well, the other day with a non-COVID illness, right? So I kind of wonder if yes. that means that that becomes the bigger question. Like if he's got, I mean, if he, like like I had like a sinus infection. I sound terrible, but I wasn't infecting anyone else. Like if he's got like a flu, they might not want him around anybody. I, I don't know. So I think that now becomes the biggest. I always, I really got the impression, Jeff, that I don't know if he was happy to sacrifice the games, but if he was going to miss games this week, it was going to be Nashville and it was going to be Detroit, and he was hoping he was going to play on Saturday. You know how badly he's going to want to play that game. Oh, he'd want to play that Bruins game, absolutely. Uh, okay, on that, we'll let uh, you and your sinus infection go, and we will look for you tomorrow on Hockey Night in Canada. You too, Jeff. Have a good night. All right, be well. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.